We believe, I mean, it's been reported that he got a tattoo of Justin's son's face on his left butt cheek. Unconfirmed. Wait, you've actually that, seen it? I have not seen it. We're just reporting it. <laughs> uh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the flagship Friday of the Crypto Basic Podcast. We're here to talk about news. We're here to talk about all the goings on in the crypto space, and we've got some cool stuff for you. But before we get into it, I'm Brent Philbin, and I'm here with Kareem Baruke. That's me. Hello, everybody. That is him. And we are missing Adam Levy on this episode, which we discussed as a possibility last episode. (laughs) What we said was it would be a really good thing if Adam was not here because that would mean he's making a bunch of money. Uh, do you remember uh, discussing that last week? Uh, okay. So I have been dragged as an unwilling participant to this uh, joke. But yes, I do remember that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Adam is not on the show and he's also <laughs> out of the tournament. He's been out of the tournament for like two days. But he's he had some, uh, he had some mental strain snowflake issues. So he couldn't come on. So he's... Uh, He's, he's not here this week, and and it's not because he's making a million dollars. Although he did have a good run, he got uh, he ended up he did make money. He made uh, like seventeen thousand or something like that. So nice, nice. The- and in Adam's defense, just to let people know who who might not know because they're not familiar with poker, the main event is like you're playing like eleven or twelve hours a day back to back to back to back. I mean, it's, it's kind of pretty yes. rough. So it is mentally it is mentally draining. As stupid as yes. that sounds, it is very mentally draining. A high stress so, environment for a lot of money, life changing. You know, it's you're making decisions constantly. It's I get it. I get it. But yeah, also it's a reminder with decision paralysis. Those decisions where you're like, I don't know what should I get? Should I get McDonald's or should I get Burking? Like <laughs> that decision is the same paralysis but life changing every like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. And it's also a reminder that there's a lot more possibilities than we ever expect, Brian. Sometimes we think about the future in binary terms. Oh, this will happen or that'll happen. Just a reminder that, you know. Adam can miss an episode and not make any money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why we don't predict the future here in the Crypto Basic Podcast, which leads us right into our rapid fire section. Brent, our rapid fire section is usually when we take just the general headlines of the week, things that we're not going to go in depth, and you start breaking down the stories. You usually handle this. What do you got for us this week? All right. So I saw a couple cool things. First thing is I saw something called the Yang Dao on Twitter. It's not picking up a ton of steam, but I follow... Uh, Amin Soleimani, Soleimani, Soleimani. He's the creator of Spank Chain, so that's why <laughs> I follow him. And he's also now creating the Yang DAO, which is a a DAO that he's creating for presidential candidate Andrew Yang, which is kind of cool. Like, I, I wish all of the presidential candidates had to collect all their money in DAOs. So that would be great. <laughs> Oof. Ah. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, for sure. If all of the money that they collected was in Dallas, you're right. That would be because that means the more people would have some kind of control. But if it was just money based, it's basically what we have now, right? Instead of a DAO, it's called the Super PAC, and instead of blockchain, it's called Shut Up and Take My Money and Do What I Tell You Later. <laughs> I'm a giant <laughs> company. Yeah, but this is I don't this know any details. It's just like if you click on it, 
It's just a site with a bunch of uh, money with Andrew Yang's face instead. Yeah, he's an interesting like, character. You know, for those of you that don't know, Andrew Yang is um, the first major presidential candidate that has brought the idea of basic income to U.S. politics. And he's running in the Democratic ticket, but he's like a business guy, you know, and, um, you know, it, it is kind of like a French candidacy in the sense that it's somebody who's going to be is polling under 4%, 5%. But if you listen to him talk, dude, super smart. His answers are usually really cool. So I don't know. It's always cool to have this kind of stuff in the conversation. And this specifically, the Dow. It's designed so that people collect money for him, Brent. Is that right? And then they um, they get to vote basically like a DAO. I don't on really know. There's spend. no details. Well, they, I but. went to their – I found their website and it was just saying like you'll get to – basically you get to choose what you do with the money. So it's not even like Andrew Yang would control those funds. It's more like a decentralized right. organization that wants to support him so they can, you know, whatever. And I actually, that's probably going to be more efficient. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. I hope it takes off. Uh, who do you think is going to have more of an impact in the Democratic race, Andrew Yang or Ted Cruz? What? Why? Wait, why did I say Ted Cruz? Jesus fucking Christ. No, a- a- Andrew Yang or Ted Cruz's opponent, Beto O'Rourke. Wow. <laughs> I was so confused. I was so confused. Wow, wow, wow. Um... I think 100% is going to be Andrew Yang. And the main reason I say that is because uh, Andrew Yang is coming in with a unique message that no, not a lot of people are coming in with. And he's coming in with a unique background that not a lot of people are coming in with. So that means that he probably needs a smaller percentage of impact to make a bigger impact than somebody like Beto, who's kind of just a younger version of the same thing that is all over the place. So like... If he doesn't get up high in the polls, Beto's going to drop out. He's going to keep being governor and he's not going to necessarily affect anything. And if he goes up, he's just going to take the party platform. So even if Beto succeeds, he's not influencing the race that much, really. Whereas like Yang is coming in with a different position. Like, So I would say Yang. Okay. So the most special thing about Beto is that he somewhat challenged Ted Cruz, which is what was in my mind, which is how I managed to to screw them up. Whereas yeah. uh, the best thing about Andrew Yang is he actually has some interesting policies. Yeah. I mean, which is the equivalent of like, imagine if I started a site called, I hate Craig Wright and everybody was just like, yeah, I love this site. And it became super popular. And then I was just like, all right, I'm super popular. So now I'm going to run for president. No, <laughs> people just agree. <laughs> the fact that they hated Craig Wright. You know who the fuck I was. So, yeah. By the way, Craig Wright update. I had not planned on doing a Craig Wright update, but I forgot last week to talk about the font thing that happened. But I, th- I don't think we talked about it the same way. But, like, basically, he tried to say that something happened at a certain time and then submitted it to evidence. But the font that was used in the submission could not have existed at that time. The font didn't exist until like three years later or something like that. They're calling it Fontgate, and it's hilarious. Also, in addition to loser.com, you can check out cunt.com and it redirects to the exact same page. <laughs> so uh, somebody else got in on the Craig Wright trolling that owns a you very profitable domain. Today on Reddit, I saw a picture of a shirt that said, we are all Satoshi. And then parentheses, except Craig Wright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, that was our first uh, rapid fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, real rapid. <laughs> let's go to the next one um, Come on. 
Brent, get a, Samsung get has released a beta of their blockchain SDK, which is pretty cool. And it's on Ethereum. It's not an icon, which might have made a little bit of sense in, uh, you know, with with it being in Korea. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything Bitcoin related. So pretty sweet uh, for Ethereum. That's a that's a cool thing if it ends up mattering. Uh, Samsung is pretty big. Uh, Zimbabwe banned the U.S. dollar. So, of course, another banned currency, Bitcoin, demand had skyrocketed, basically. They banned the dollar, and instead of people using, like, the million-dollar Zimbabwe bills, they started using um, Bitcoin instead. So, they're using local Bitcoins to trade, tons of peer-to-peer trade back and forth. Literally exactly what Bitcoin was designed to do is happening in Zimbabwe. So, congratulations, guys. And finally, our friend Tether. Uh, (laughs) Tether... Tether is not only loaning money to itself, it is also loaning money to USDT traders so that they can buy crypto. The OAG, which I don't know why OAG is short for New York Attorney General. Does that make any sense to you? Like, is it? Uh, I don't know what the O stands for, but probably look it up and it just means. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. Okay. So, anyway, the OAG's investigation this is a quote from, uh, from a piece of the investigation that you can see i've got a link to it on scribe.com uh which interestingly non-sponsored content scribed is really cool it's like netflix for audiobooks and you pay like nine dollars a month and you get access to unlimited audiobooks that they have on their site they don't have everything but they have a lot of cool stuff so anyway This was a uh, this was on their site. The OAG's investigation has also determined that as late as 2019, respondents entered into at least one written agreement to loan tethers to a New York based virtual currency trading firm. So Tether was creating Tether and then loaning it to people who would then use it to buy stuff. Wait, and this is part of their package of cash like instruments. No, no, no. Brent, hold on a second. This is you're saying that people who were given the power to print money out of thin air just created money out of thin air and gave it to people to buy more assets that they could sell for more money. Like they took yes, advantage of that. That's exactly what happened. It, it's wow. impossible to think. This is blowing like, my mind. We, we would have thought that wouldn't have happened. Because their morals are so good and yeah. great, and they're so aligned with Bitcoin, you keep pump, you keep telling me Tether's okay, Bitcoin maximalist, great fucking job. <laughs> and yep, that's that's what's going on with that. Anyway, that's the end of my uh, my rapid fire. You know what? Eleven minutes in, I'll take that rapid fire. That's pretty good. Usually, when Adam's here, he makes it take longer because he's slow. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm done with that stuff, and it, I think it's time to okay. Hold on. So I'm looking at my outline here, and the next <laughs> item up for bids is world's top 10 companies are American. Yep. So it, the title starts off with worlds. Can't we put this in crypto around the world? Even Let's put it in crypto American. around the world, Brent. No, you know right. what? You're the boss, buddy. You're the you're the We're switching this to around crypto here. around the world. I want to talk about how America dominates the world in crypto around the world. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Brent. So first things first, this is actually an article from May that I stumbled upon, but I thought it was interesting and worth discussing just because as usual, sometimes in crypto, basically we like to talk about broader economic concepts or trends or things that, you know, interact with our sector. So this was an article from Investopedia. 
And I don't know, I think you feel the same way, but I want to point out to the audience, if you haven't used Investopedia, I've actually found it to be a really good source for the most part. I've, I've uh, relied on them for a lot of information, you know, that's, I don't know. I, I've, I have found them to be very a good resource for anybody that's interested. Yeah. When I first started learning about stocks, bonds, ETFs, and all that stuff, Investopedia was where I started my research. So they seem to be not They try to be impartial and factual uh, in their, in how they describe things to you. Like, this is what this is or whatever. And if there's opposing views, they'll usually share that. So it's pretty good. So anyway. They used to have a cool little trading simulator that I remember I used to to like buy stocks before I bought my first stock ever, which was uh, I bought Netflix in like 2006, I think. And then I thought I was a fucking genius when it went up and I sold it in like 2008. Oh, (laughs) so um, anyway, that could have been a great story. Um, All right. So here's what the crux of the story is, at least in me, when this guy was writing the article, the top 10 world market cap companies were all U.S. companies. So that in order, it was Apple. Alphabet, which is, of course, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, that's Warren Buffett's company, Facebook, JP Morgan, Bank of America, and ExxonMobil. I'd like to point out that two of those companies have released plans to have their own crypto. Uh, what's our second one? Micro, uh, obviously, JP Facebook. Morgan and Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's right. JP Morgan. And yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, great point, Brent. Very astute. You know, so the question is basically, why did these companies, dom- you know, dominate the market cap? Why has have they gotten so big? And specifically, American companies, because in years past, you know, we've seen a different split. Obviously, American companies are usually pretty dominant on the list, but this is particularly dominant. And they say that the main reasons are the fact that U.S. equities have been overperforming over the last couple of years. Uh, if you look at the S and P or anything like that, hitting all time highs. Also, the fact that the dollar is strong helps domestically a lot of these companies. Uh, Real quick, one of the things I wanted to point out is we say U.S. companies because they're U.S.-based, but the majority of these companies really are global companies, right? Like when you're talking about a company like, you know, Facebook or... Yeah, like Bank of America. (laughs) Yeah, it says America, but I mean, (laughs) these are just massive holding corporations, you know, that have business everywhere and interest everywhere. Um. So the strength of the dollar is one of those things that plays a role here. And also the fact that mega caps, the biggest companies in the world, especially US mega caps, already trade at a premium. So you have a bunch of factors coming together to create really, really high valuations. The interesting point that was made in the article, though, was what we've seen historically as a trend. So in the late 1980s, there was actually a lot of dominance by Japanese companies in the mega cap sector. The Nikkei, the Japanese stock market, reached all-time highs, which, by the way, I wanted to just go look it up for the purpose while I was reading this article. They still haven't recovered. In 2019, Holy shit! Yeah, Nikkei was all the way up to 37,000 is his all-time high. And today, they're at a second all-time high, basically, I mean, coming back up towards it, and they're only at twenty one k. They still have not recovered significantly, right, from a massive. Wow! Drop. Was so they actually had the Nikkei bubble pop. <laughs> correct, correct. That's exactly. And th- and then again, at around that time, the yen was also very strong. These companies inflated, and one of the things to remember is 
the currency being strong can be good. It's it's more of a trade-off profile, like the thing we talk about, right? It's not like, oh, weak dollar is good or weak dollar is bad. It's just like different people benefit. So if you're if you're making money in dollars, all right, for example, for travelers, it's good. When the dollar is strong, that's good for us because we go to other countries and we get a ton of their currency cheaper. Or if you are uh, importing products from another country, that's good for you as a business because you're you're paying them dollars and it's cheaper. It goes further where they are. But if you're exporting products, like for example, cars, if you're an American car manufacturer and the dollar's strong, then that means that it becomes more expensive to import your car into any one country. So your business hurts, right? So it just depends on what, what exactly your business does and how it is impacted. All right. So that was Japan in the 1980s. Then in the 1990s, Brent, towards the end of the 1990s, we had the dot-com bubble. You had the U.S. companies dominating. And of course, what ended up happening there is the S&P fell 45%, NASDAQ 80% at its worst. And then finally, they say that in 2007, there were actually a lot of European companies that were starting to compete with the U.S. for that kind of top 10, top 20 market spots. And the euro was very strong. And then, of course, the Great Recession happened. And now we're back to like this... U.S. super oh, mega dominance. What a coincidence. What a coincidence, <laughs> Kareem. Yeah. And one more thing to note, which is other factors that don't necessarily just involve the currency. This time last year, there were actually a few Chinese companies on this list. But the tariff war uh, between the United States and China has affected them in a way that's knocked them out. But I guess part of the lesson is that these fluctuations are short-lived and that we can learn about the factors that go into them and the cycles that you know dominate these dynamics. So, you know, most people have been predicting that, hey, listen, we're due for a correction at some point. Everybody knows it's coming, right? But impossible to predict when. But all the factors are definitely <laughs> yeah, aligning. Yeah, you know, you know, Kareem, I, I can't really tell you when, but I, I think at some point we're going to have a correction here coming mm. soon. Uh, it. Like when you when you listen to to pundits in crypto or outside of crypto, and they say something like that, that that's a non bullion statement. That's the kind of shit that you say to somebody when you're trying to read their horoscope or read their palm or convince them that you're a psychic. I can do that. Like you just say something like, you know, Kareem, Kareem, you're you're really smart, and and most of the time you're a very smart individual, but sometimes some some things might make you feel kind of stupid. <laughs> and it's like, oh, look, I just encompassed 99.9% of the entire world of somebody's worldview. Okay, great. Whoa, 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 Brent, Brent, just the way you were just moving your head there, would I be right in saying that you are a social person, but you really enjoy being alone sometimes? Oh, my God. You know me so well. <laughs> Holy shit. <sighs> Synchronicities, man. man. Basic cold reading. Basic cold reading. All right. So that was cold reading 101 coming up soon. (laughs) You know, that's basically the idea. It's it's interesting to keep an eye on. I don't know. We've been on these cycles, man. And one of the things that I, I know we've talked about this before, Brent, but one of the things that I'm really interested in is how the different cycles will interact with crypto. Like, is crypto going to be its own independent market when we talk about these, all these different like equities and different countries and it's just interesting to try to envision what role the crypto verse will play and how it will interact. Like, will it interact like a yeah. commodity? Is it global? Is it really regional? I don't know. Well, we unfortunately are probably going to find out. It would be nice if there was never a recession, but the, that's not the way the world works. There are ebbs and flows and and everything. You know, you see it in uh, you see it in politics. You see it in business. You see it in every 
aspect, the the masses will drift one way and then something will pull back and yank them in the other direction to eventually hit kind of an equilibrium, but there's no fun in the short term when the swings are happening. Yeah. And then, and this, this is the part where I'm sure a lot of our listeners would want us to point out that, you know, there's a lot of theory too about that equilibrium, but there's so many like factors at play that aren't natural or aren't, let's say free market. Like if you have a central bank or a reserve that is able to just print money and is using that money to buy equities, or if banks can just dump toxic assets, or if they're basically guaranteed that they can't fail and that hurts and that's going to affect their valuations. You have all of this inflated value in there that it's not even like equilibrium as much as it's like building a, a house of cards where it's just like, it's just a matter of time again and again and yeah. again, right? But the, the equilibrium part, what happens is like you go to dinner with somebody and they're like, no, I've been buying like, I've been creating these like shit assets out of my shit loans and I've been selling them as AAA. I just package them in there and people are buying them. And you're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, see, look here. And then you like show them and they're like, can I, can we do that? Yeah, it's legal. It's fine. It's right here. Oh shit. Well, let me do that. And then they, and then they do it. And then they go to dinner with somebody else and they do it. And it, it starts to spread. And eventually you have this really dumb shady practice or something similar that causes the recession or whatever. And I'm making things up, but every, if you look at any industry, I think you'll see something similar to that. Hmm. Anyway, don't know why we were talking about, uh, you know, that, but or well, I do, <laughs> but I don't. What I would like to talk about is Kareem. I'm kind of hungry. So can you tell me what you know about Turkey? Hey, yo. Well, we're still in crypto around the world, Brent. So this is actually a story about Turkey, the country. Oh. uh, Yeah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Well, Turkey, Brent, has the, I guess the executive branch has sent to Congress or their parliament the economic roadmap for the next couple of years. So this is called the 11th Development Plan, and it was submitted to the Turkish Parliament on July 8th. Uh, and it's Do supposed we know to when the 10th was submitted? Uh, probably July 8th of a different year. Uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> so um, the plan is going to cover the years 2019 to 2023. And why are we talking about this? Well, of course, it's because it involves it involves blockchain or cryptocurrency in some way. But this was the cool part. Number one, well, cool in quotations, the fact that we're relevant, but a blockchain-based digital central bank money will be implemented. Turkey is officially going cryptocurrency. Ooh. Just like Venezuela, although I'm sure they'll be doing it their own way, blockchain-based central bank cryptocurrencies are going to be a thing, uh, accidentally optimizing cryptocurrencies. And they also said, Brent, I thought this part was a little cooler because I don't really care about the Turkish, you know, Turk coin or whatever. Uh, (laughs) But this part is they also say that they're going to put some resources into developing a legal and technological infrastructure that is going to allow them to start using blockchain in their transport and customs industries, transport industries and in customs in and out of the country. So that's pretty cool. Correct. Because I mean, I guess I'm of the belief that regardless of what Edrigan's government or Turkey or whatever, the money that gets invested into blockchain that creates infrastructure, if you create infrastructure that's going to be easy to interact with, it's just going to create an environment where new 
things will be created and it'll be fantastic. You know, like once this is there, who knows who's going to be able to see it or build something that interacts with it or adapt it or whatever. So any money that any country wants to throw at establishing technology infrastructure, I'm on board. So I had to look this up because I was I was like I feel what why do I keep thinking Libra for the Turkish currency it's the lira lira so, yeah, yeah yeah lira how mad are they that Facebook took most of their currency name right before they launched a digital currency <laughs> they should have called it lira Facebook <laughs> FB lira FB instead of Libra <laughs> yeah and then one thing I should mention though as a caveat grain of salt you know that here crypto basic we give you the news with all the truth. They were kind of throwing around the word blockchain like a hot potato in there. So it could be kind of buzzwordy. I mean, it's pretty specific <laughs> to say that they're going to create a blockchain-based currency. So I don't think that that's BS. But like apparently in the sections where they were talking about AI and the Internet of Things and everything, they just kind of kept saying blockchain, but there were no real specific details. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know quantum blockchain dynamic i had a friend ask me uh, they, they we're talking about ross perot and then they were like how do you think that election would have been different if blockchain technology existed then and i was like <laughs> wait what <laughs> I, I was it was just really interesting to me because they like I guess they saw him as an independent candidate and they see independent candidates aligned with Bitcoin, maybe or like, cause they would be libertarian. I don't know, but I was like, Dude, that's if, if blockchain of- <laughs> yeah, I was like, if blockchain existed and we used it, the election would have been a little bit more secure, I guess. <laughs> like, that's- yeah, yeah. Yeah. But- <laughs> and so, yeah. Do you ever it, think it, that it, Lincoln it wouldn't have been assassinated if we had blockchain? Friend? <laughs> yes. When, we, when Lincoln we was around. We able to prevent that. Think about we, it. We Think about it. If he if he at that moment had to go into his phone to check coin market cap, he would have looked down. I don't know. Maybe it's too soon. It's too too much. Too much. All right. Let's yeah, not yeah, joke too about. Soon. Come on, man. <laughs> let's not joke about Lincoln, Brent. Um, wait, wait. Before you move on, I'm sorry. Have you seen the historical roasts on Netflix? I have not. I I the first you know, like one is Lincoln. Something, and you you raise your eyebrow and you're like, oh, that could be good, but I don't know. That's my reaction. So that far. It, it is hilarious, and it's Lincoln hilarious, is really? played by um yes, it, Lincoln's played by um the fucking what the the Saved by the Bell guy. But the what's his name? Ah, ah, I can't think of his name. I don't know why I can't think of his name. The not, or not Saved by the Bell. Uh, Full House. The Bob Saget. He's played by Bob oh. Saget. Okay. <laughs> yeah it's it, i don't know it's it's really funny they have like you know john wilkes booth comes up and does like his roast and like, it's, <laughs> it's good okay i'll check it out i'll it, check it out as a history buff you will enjoy it i believe okay fair enough i'll good. go i'll go check it out it sounds interesting i just since you brought that up you know i just uh i i watched uh some death note because everybody keeps saying it was like one of the greatest enemies of all time pretty interesting very good it was good it's different. You watched the the Netflix one or the no the actual like anime? That, the anime, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Everybody hated the Netflix one. Apparently, I don't know. I watched it. it seemed kind. It seemed fine. I don't know. The all right, action, all right. Yeah. One punch. One punch so is the best. Happy. Everybody should watch One Punch. All right, go. We are going to move this on, Brent. Let's get focused. People don't want to hear about cartoons. People want to hear about scams. So we're gonna move on to. No, 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 no. Not the scam. 
Yeah, the section that's a scam. And uh, Brent, we're going to take things to China. Oh, are we playing a game? It looks like we're playing a game here. Yeah. Oh, we're we're combining two sections today. Oof. We are combining two. This section is that's a scam, but we're also going with bullish or bullshit on this one. Okay, let's do it. Combines a lot of our favorite things here: scams, bullish or bullshit, and Tron. Ooh, Tron here was the title Adam? of the Reddit post. The Reddit post, yeah, I know. I I, well, I thought he was going to be on when I put this in here. I didn't realize, <laughs> and he, you know, he would have had his things to say. But yeah, I'm sure Adam is going to be really upset that we say bad things. If we say bad things, we don't know this is going to be bad things. So the Tell. the title was "Police Raids at Tron Offices." In Beijing. Now, to be fair, there was a question mark, but that was the title of the Reddit post. Is it bullish or bullshit, Kareem? Um, I'll even go one step further. There was a picture with police somewhere. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to guess bullish because I want to believe, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there were absolutely police at Tron headquarters. And it looked like they were clashing with people. However, they were not raiding Tron headquarters. They were protecting it. So people were trying to attack Tron headquarters, not the police. And it was a complete bullshit title. Uh, the, The police were there to protect from an angry mob. But there is a little bit of an interesting story to why there was an angry mob in Tron. Because, like, that seems... Okay, um, they were they were there because they got scammed, uh, not because they got scammed by Tron necessarily. They got scammed by a company called Wavefield Super Community and Wavefield Super Community claimed that it was a super representative of the Tron protocol. They don't have any affiliation with Tron, but their name in Chinese is very similar to Tron's name in Chinese. So they kind of used that to push forward their Ponzi scheme. Uh, so so Justin's off the hook on this one. Or is he? There's always more. So he never said anything about this company not being related to Tron publicly. Despite learning about them on January 1st, all they did was on WeChat, which obviously doesn't affect anybody who's outside of China. Uh, they On WeChat, they said... Hey, make sure you don't fall for any Ponzi schemes. They didn't point out specifics. They didn't say this company's a Ponzi scheme. Even after this all happened, they put out a Medium article where they didn't even they didn't specifically say they were condemning this company or that they were not affiliated with them. Now that could have been like a nuance of the language translation, but it was kind of weird. A Tron partner named Raybo actually did hit this wave superfield community or wavefield super community company with a cease and desist uh, and Justin put in the blog post that that company did hit them with the cease and desist but that wasn't Tron and Tron never said anything particularly bad and all of this came to the surface after a suicide note went viral from a woman named uh, Xia Bing I don't think she actually committed suicide but there was a note Uh, She was a middle-aged single parent that borrowed money from a neighbor to invest in this particular Ponzi scheme. Uh, They, they shut down all, they shut down their website and shut down everything. I don't know what the particulars of the Ponzi scheme were, but I do know that it was, uh, 
this this letter that kind of pushed everything over the edge. So my thoughts on this are based on what I know about Justin Sun, if he knew something was a scam, but also knew it was causing people to buy Tron, he wouldn't say anything. He would, as long as he felt his company had plausible deniability and the way this scam worked is people would buy into it with Tron. So it wasn't like, you know, BitConnect where they buy in with Bitcoin. This was the Tron version. So it was putting an upward pressure on the price of Tron if this thing got big. And what I, I just, again, what I know about the guy and what I've seen is if somebody brought this to his attention and he saw it and he's like, well, I don't have anything to do with that, but I'm not going to stop him from buying Tron. So I'm not going to say anything. That's exactly what would go through his head. In my opinion, obviously I can't, you, you hate it when I think I can read people like that, but, uh, but that's just what I feel about this guy. He's a, he's a scammer. He's a, he's a slime ball and he would have no problem with this as long as he could wash his hands of it in the end. Benefit from it. I get it. I understand. And it's, that's the problem with uh, once you don't trust, because, you know, at the end of the day, this is quote unquote, not really Tron's fault, you know? And, and I think that if it was some other projects, which probably would have handled it differently, but a lot of other projects we would have given more of a benefit of the doubt to. And then here, instead we're talking about Justin Sun when he was not really involved, but it's his lack of action and it's understandable that his what his character has revealed will always have us question his motives. And of course, Adam isn't here to vigorously defend uh, yes. Mr. Sun, so that's unfortunate. But yeah, <laughs> but we'll we'll let Adam give Justin Sun's rebuttal on the next episode. He he has that unreasonable love for for Tron. If you're in the <laughs> Discord, of course, if you type colon Adam colon, it brings up the Tron symbol. It is just. You know, yeah, that, that's yeah. we believe. I mean, it's been reported that he got a tattoo of Justin's son's face on his left butt cheek. Unconfirmed. Wait, you've actually seen it? I have not seen it. We're just reporting it. <laughs> uh, just reporting it. Guys. Uh, nice layup. All right. So, Brent, I have one more story I want to talk about here. Going back to one of our favorite personalities, this is the Justice Scam. Um, so you remember we covered a story here on the Crypto Basic Podcast about Cuba considering blockchain technology and the cryptocurrency in order to circumvent U.S. sanctions. You remember that conversation, Brent? Yes, 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 I do. Well, wouldn't you know it, John McAfee probably listened to that episode of the podcast because he also heard the story. So it's the only thing that explains it. John McAfee found out about Cuba and he tweeted the following. Cuba is planning to use cryptocurrency to get around the 63 years of economic uh, strangulation imposed upon the Cuban people by the insanity of the U.S. government. Finally, a large scale real world application for cryptocurrencies. Finally, a large scale real world. Yeah, because we haven't had one yet. But anyway, this is the best part. If Cuba wants my help, I am here. Insert Jesus pose. And then one more quote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Follow co- me. He said, there are probably less than 10 people in the world who know how to create a cryptocurrency. And I am one of them. So, less than 10 people. Kareem. Less than 10 it's basically people. Him, Craig Wright. Craig, yes. Yeah. Dan Larimer probably knows <laughs> how he created so many. He knows how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who so, else? Who else can yeah. even know? That's it. I mean, he, I think he's wrong. Ten nobody knew. Nobody knew how. <laughs> Listen, it, it's a scam because Cuba don't do it. Don't get McAfee involved. 
Keep him as far away from whatever it is that you're doing. That's just a message to any... Nunca Pagar John McAfee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nunca Pagar John McAfee. Es muy malo. Es muy malo. (laughs) There are probably less than 10 people in the world who would be more toxic for your project. (laughs) Yes. Uh, oh my god yes please please don't um you, cuba if you're looking to invest in a cryptocurrency i suggest you look at monero monero means money in spanish and i think it'll be a really good fit uh, for you guys wow this episode's all about inside jo- cuba if you're listening i hope you find <laughs> uh they <laughs> didn't i don't know no no wait wait, wait wait i go there often enough i don't want any cuba if you're listening stuff yeah 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 <laughs> Cuba, if you're listening, you know, let uh, Coinbase know when's the last time that Brent... All right. I think it's time to wrap it up. Speaking of Coinbase, I am currently locked out again. Oh. So that's uh, we'll see how long this one takes to get to get undone. When I got hacked, I, f- I didn't change my number on Coinbase. And since I have no money on there, I, didn't, I hadn't set up two-factor yet. So when I tried to log on, they tried to two-factor with my cell phone that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, I had to go through the account recovery process, which they've promised is 24 to 48 hours. We'll see how that goes. Uh, All right. We got to report it on the field. Brent Philbin is going to let us know in seven (laughs) days whether 24 hours (laughs) was meant. Six months later, I'm still banned and we're going to see what's happening. Basically, I just wanted to get banned from Coinbase again so that I could keep talking about it on the show. Pretty sure that was my goal. Your favorite And story. also, Kareem, since we're at the end of the episode, I want to brag. Uh-oh. I want to do a little, little brag here. Okay, what are we bragging? I had a post from Crypto Basic Brent reach oh, the Lord. front page of our all on oh, Reddit. Oh, my God. You want to explain to non-Redditors what that means? What that means is it's really hard to do. It's really hard to get up there. You got to be pretty good at what you're doing. You get tons of upvotes. You get to the front page really really hard it's I, i've only had it happen once before in my life it happened like seven years ago with a picture of a spider and that got to the front page but i got to the top 10 with a life pro tip kareem a so here's what happened somebody tip. posted a life pro tip yeah somebody posted a life pro tip on let on reddit that said basically to sum it up it said hey make sure that when you're trying to ask for time off or a favor from your boss that you wait until they're in a good mood <laughs> and i looked at that and i was like fuck that what and I, I put a life pro tip up that said if you need to wait until your boss is in a good mood to ask for something as simple as time off you're in a toxic work environment and you should probably find a way to leave the time off should not be something that's related to emotion it should be something that is simply you can or you cannot have this time off and that's it and then and uh literally yes. in in the only way you can clap on reddit which is by upvoting uh many upvote. i get sixty thousand of them 60,000, 60,000 unique individuals said, I like this. Is that correct, Brent? No, more than that, because we were getting a lot of downvotes too. So what I found is a lot of people like to perpetuate the idea that like work has to suck. It's pretty crazy. So mm. in that thread, it got to the front page with like 90% upvotes because people are like, yeah, you're right. Time off should not be something that you need to wait for a good mood on. Like legitimately. Right. I need six people to work this shift. Uh, there's currently eight people scheduled. If you ass off, okay, I can let you off. Like this isn't a, it's it's not even like a thing. And really, for the most part, if you're in most businesses, you can just make it work, right? So tons and tons and tons of just like the cesspool of Reddit. So what I, even though it was like ninety percent upvoted, 
something like 30% of the comments were people that are just like, you're a fucking snowflake. You, uh, you're recommending people leave their jobs because just because their boss is a douche. Yeah, like exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and they, it's crazy, crazy how many people are just like, on board with the idea that you have to hate working that uh, there were people just like that's why it's called work yeah no, so what i a few things here number one i think that this is one of the we are one of the worst offenders as a country of that type of culture yes i know that there are other ones like i think japan is supposed to be really bad as well but like it's very american to be like yeah you just work your ass off you work day and night and whatever and there's like a certain pride in that which i get but yeah, there's definitely a sense in which I, I just feel like it goes way too far. There's this perception that like to be a good worker or to stand out or whatever, you have to just put up with anything, do anything, you know, work extra hours for free, not get time off, not take vacation, do all this stuff. And meanwhile, work is expected to do less and less, right? Like it's it's unheard of to have work pay for a good pension. It's like you know, less benefits, less whatever. So I don't know. It's, it's and despite all the data that shows that if all the data points to the fact that if you just give everybody unlimited time off that like production skyrockets, you yeah, know, but like that's, it's uh that's the problem. I think that there's too many sectors that don't care about quote unquote production because they have figured out that their specific business is just going to run on thin margins. So you know, they'll just be like, I don't care. I just want the lowest paid possible employee that I can get the most labor out of. And they're going to be replaceable in such a way that even if my turnover is 30% or 40% and everybody's miserable, it doesn't matter because I'm keeping my costs low and I'm going to keep giving my executive bonuses and I'm going to keep returning the highest return on investment for the shareholders. It is what it is. Yep. It sure um, is what it is. And it is uniquely Amer- that that was something that I caught in that thread. Uniquely American problem. A lot of people are like, we don't have this issue in Australia or wherever. And yeah, it's 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 interesting how it's created um and how it's gotten that way. But the uh, the 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 employees that I work with here, I I sent that out to them and I was like, just so y'all know, this is I, I know a couple of you come to me with time off requests and you start trying to explain to me why. And I always stop you and I'm like, I don't care why you're good. You you have the time off. You're fine. Like, yeah. this is not, you yeah, ask me for the time. As long yeah. as you ask for tomorrow and you schedule for something, you're off. <laughs> that's the, right. Right. That's the way it works. I don't even know if you're going to a wedding or if you just want to like, you know, run naked in the streets for a day. It's fine. <laughs> that's, yeah. That do whatever you're actually desiring to do. Rather yeah, I mean, than, if you uh, want to take time off to just be at home and not do anything, you should have the freedom to do that without having to make up a lie. I mean, you know, yep. as long as you're not abusing your work or abusing your employees or abusing that freedom or whatever, then yeah, for sure. But now we're getting preachy, Brent. That's not good. Yes. Basically, we've gotten preachy a few times on this episode. That's just the uh, that's just the nature of the game. That's just um, a lack we of don't have any mailbag questions this time, but uh, we we have heard you loud and clear about the one on ones being uh, not not as popping out, and that is uh, pretty much directly related to the World Series of poker. Adam's not here and he's been ridiculously busy. So uh, getting extra episodes out is tough. Um, Kareem was out of the World Series of Poker. Like the, so the last couple of weeks, we only released the flagship. That'll be changing shortly in the future. Also, if you have anybody that isn't just... Okay, here's here's what I get all the time in, my, in, in our email for people who are asking to be on as guests. I'd like to introduce you to an amazing guest for your show. John Smith is a serial entrepreneur and blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
do not put serial entrepreneur in your i hate you <laughs> like i actually probably fit that description and i hate everything about it so don't use that as a way to sell somebody who's coming on the show but if you have somebody interesting to come on the show that is not shilling something i would love to do like a full blown blown basic blitz of interviews and just have everybody that's interesting come on the show so reach out to somebody you think is aligned with us or reach out to somebody you think would have something great to argue with us about. I was working on trying to get somebody on who was an active trader for an argument. They agreed originally and then backed out. So uh, <laughs> that didn't pan out. So send them our way. Also, you know, tweet us, hit us in Discord, ask us, tag the people, do whatever, and even say, hey, I want you guys to have Anthony back on the show or crypto Candor back on the show or anybody we've had in the past. Uh, we can, we can have them back if we've got some interest. So reach out, going to be doing a lot of interviews. We're trying to do a lot of one ones as well. I made some connections here in Austin. I don't know anything about the Digibyte project, but I might be able to get somebody on from that. And I met somebody who used to work for one chain. So uh, although he worked for one chain and, doesn't have the greatest opinion of it. So it's kind of interesting. If I can get him to say that on the air, that'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, and finally, I, I want to talk about Patreon. Uh, we got a new Patreon member signed up just a few minutes ago. So I think this is LED Icarus. Uh, it could be Lead Icarus, but I think it's LED Icarus. It's Crypto Icarus in the Discord. Welcome aboard on the Patreon. We appreciate you. And make sure you send us your engine wallet address so we can get you that non-fungible token. I don't remember how many of those we're down to, but we're I think we're in the 70s. I think we're, nice. we we built 100 of those and we've already sent out a decent amount of them. So remember, they got five engine. At some point, this is going to be a really profitable venture for you people. You know, it, when, when engine moons, you're going to remember, you're going to have that crypto basic token. You're going to be looking at it and be like, man, I can destroy this for $500 because one engine token is $100 now. Uh, or I can keep it. And then you're going to keep it because you're going to like us so much because that's going to be like in 35 years and we're going to be like, no, we only made 100 of those. Don't destroy it. It'll be worth so much money then. Oh, by the way, we're not financial advisors. Any advice that you <laughs> might be hearing is completely ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I guess I could go forward with that because we're basically at the end of the episode. You have any rants, man? Uh, no, I man, nothing to rant about. Yeah, no, I was listening to your rant. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Okay, so... Uh, Thanks for thanks for listening. Remember, we are not financial advisors. Anything that we say is not financial advice. We are idiots. Do not listen to us. Do your own research. All investments have that inherent risk. And uh, that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be it. We'll uh, be back with Adam next time, I think, right? Yeah, Adam should be back on the show by the next episode. Uh, feel free to tweet to at Ruthless and tell him how much of a snowflake he is for not coming on the, the episode or feel free to jump in the discord and hit him with a Tron emoji and tell him how much you love him. Tron emoji. All right. That's it. We're out of here. We'll catch you on the flip side and get us those interview suggestions. We would love to have some quality people on the show. We out. We out.